Jennifer Dawn. And I'm Adrienne Garland. Welcome to the Unbreakable Podcast. Our lives and our businesses are chock full of so many challenges. And sometimes through outside circumstances, the changing world, and even our mindsets, we find ourselves on the brink of burnout, listlessness, or even failure. But what if there is a way to build your resilience and literally become unbreakable? Come along with us on our journey of discovery to gain insight, pick up tips, and get inspired as we go deep with our guests to uncover how the divine combination of physical challenge and mental strength come together to help them on their journey to becoming unbreakable. Today, I am so excited for this podcast because we're going to be talking with all of the amazing coaches who are going to be with me at the Unbreakable Retreat. Now, you might be going, what the heck is the Unbreakable Retreat? Well, this is a brand new retreat that we have started. And actually, I just read this book and he said that they called their retreats a go forward because they don't retreat. So I'm tempted to call it our go forward. Um, But I think the landing page says it's a four day retreat. And that's exactly what it is. So it's a four day retreat. It's for business owners to get clarity, build confidence and push their limits. Right now, we're having two retreats this year, one in May, which will be happening in Montana for all our lady friends. And then tentatively, we have one scheduled in August in West Virginia for all the dudes, because you know, men, you need a retreat too. You need a place to go and work on your business and work on yourself. So we're not leaving you out either. Now, You could be listening to this show later on because it's a podcast. It'll be out there forever. And if that's the case, if it's not the year 2022, definitely check our website, check the details for the dates and the locations of the Unbreakable Retreat for whatever year you might be listening to this. Okay, this retreat, I'm telling you guys, it's a business retreat unlike anything out there. I've never seen anything like this. I've never attended anything like this. Nobody's ever tried to sell me on anything like this. And what we're doing that is so special and so unique is that we are combining business coaching, life coaching with a Spartan race. Now, if you've never heard of Spartan, it's called, it's an obstacle OCR, obstacle course racing. And it is a, it's a race, not that you have to race, but it happens outside. So it's on terrain. It could be in the mountains. It could be in the desert. It goes for a specific distance, 5K, 10K, or 21K and they combine it with obstacles. And that's why it's called obstacle course racing. So if you've never heard of it, Google Spartan races, and you'll get the whole down down low on what they are. Now, you might be asking why, why in the world would you want to combine this crazy obstacle course race with business and life coaching? And the idea actually came about from my own personal experiences, which I'm going to be sharing with you today. And it's really, really a fascinating story and and what I've seen from it. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. And I know that all of our coaches have all had similar experiences to mine, where they took on some kind of a physical challenge. And when they took that on, it actually up leveled them in other areas of their life where maybe they weren't really expecting that was going to be the result. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, taking on a physical challenge 
and exploring the effect that it actually has on your life and your business. Now, I cannot wait to dive in. So I'm going to do a quick little introduction of our coaches, but I'm going to ask each of them after I shoot off the names is to give us like a 60 second, like, who are you? So first there's me, Jennifer Dawn, founder of Jennifer Dawn Coaching and Consulting. And then we have Adrienne Garland, the founder of She Leads Media, Julie Moses, the our vision and goals accountability coach. Hi, Julie. And Alicia, who is our health and fitness coach and also one of our project managers and marketing managers at Jennifer Dawn Coaching. But I like to call her the Spartan goddess because I so <laughs> look up to her and her accomplishments of what she's done with these races. And so I know you guys are going to love it too. So let's just do a quick little round robin. So Adrian, can you give us all just 60 seconds of who you are and what you're about? Hello, Jennifer. Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am so excited to be here with everybody and to also uh, think about the prospect of being together in Montana in May. So I cannot wait for that. Uh, but like Jennifer said, my name is Adrienne Garland, and I'm the CEO of She Leads Media. Uh, we produce conferences and events for women leaders and entrepreneurs, and we also host a podcast network called the She Leads Podcast Network. Uh, everything is designed to help women get their voices, thoughts, and opinions out into the world. Um, and on the side, uh, I'm an adjunct professor at both NYU and Rice University, and I just love helping people to get super clear on their vision and build a venture that's profitable. Oh, I love it. You guys were so lucky to have been uh, to partner in this retreat with Adrienne and She Leads Media. Just she's a brilliant marketing strategist. And I just I'm so excited to just like get her <laughs> for four <laughs> days all to ourselves. And I didn't mention but at this retreat, the ratio of like coaches people is very small. So lots of coaches, few people, our maximum is eight business owners that we're accepting so that we can give you guys like really amazing in-depth personalized coaching strategy work, anything that you need for your life. All right. Thank you, Adrian. Miss Julie, tell us a little bit about you. Hi, I am Julie Moses Whittingham, just recently made Whittingham two years ago in uh, COVID year. Um, and I have been on Jennifer's team now for about two and a half years, starting in sales, but then moving into my passion, which is doing vision work and accountability. Um, I have a varied background. I started as an actress 30 years ago and moved into fundraising and then moved into ad tech, became a senior vice president of a startup, then moved into um, research and consulting, then started my own company called Blisskit, which is how I originally met Jennifer. Mm -hmm. um, and now I am lucky enough to feel like I am really living my purpose, doing vision and accountability work with Jennifer, building a dream house. I'm building a, a new house in upstate New York and um, married to the man I'm madly in love with. And all of that, I can tell you, came from my constant work of doing vision. And that's how much I believe in it and how, uh, how important it is to make sure that we know what we want in our lives. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, so true. And we're so blessed to have Julie. She's just like this gift. I don't know how else, if there's a better way to explain it, but she's just this gift. <laughs> We're so grateful to have her and to work with her. And last but not least, Alicia Burkeen, you want to tell us a little bit about you? 
Absolutely. I am so excited to be here. And again, looking so forward to this retreat. So I am a, I guess I will start with, I am a veteran. So I joined the Navy a long, long time ago because I desired travel and adventure. And I was lucky enough to do that for 10 years and then married a Marine who I have been a a Marine spouse for the last 20 plus years. And during that time, I've had to reinvent myself quite a few times. And so I've always been gravitated toward roles a trainer. I was a master trainer. I did a lot of events. I did a lot of marketing. And my last role is, as a spouse took us to Hawaii. And I got to spend an amazing four years in Hawaii where I think I reinvented myself. And I knew it was our last duty station. I knew I needed to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up and didn't have that military lifestyle anymore. And I think I hit my midlife crisis where I found fitness and decided to train for my first half marathon. And with that, it just kind of opened up a whole new world of opportunities for for me. So I've done a lot of work with the military. After I got out, I worked again within military roles and it's always been amazing But I think the health and fitness really surfaced while I was in Hawaii. And when I got back, I actually was unemployed for quite a while. And I remember I uh, found Jen. Jen is, should we tell everyone? We should tell them the secret. (laughs) (laughs) So Jennifer is my sister, my oldest, smartest. She's the smartest one. (laughs) Jen is my oldest sister. And I remember calling her one night and I said, "I I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I can't find a job. It's in the midst of COVID. And I said, do you want any free work? I will do, you know, just to keep my skills sharp. And Jen said, of course. And so that opened up this new door. And I started working with Jen back in November of 2019. And from there, I've done a lot of marketing and project management. But the more I've gotten into Spartan and shared my knowledge and my passion about Spartan, I have found my true, I think my true calling, which is being a health and fitness coach. So I'm excited to continue that adventure with Jennifer and the team and really show how not just Spartans, Spartans are just one piece of the pie, but just how really using your body, your mind can, your body can help uh, enhance your mind and, and all of that. Bring that power out is really what I have found. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys, it was actually Alicia who got me into the Spartans. So that night that she called me and she's just like, I need something to do. I can't be unemployed without direction any longer. And I was like, yeah, I'll take some free marketing help in my business. Absolutely. And I think it lasted about three days. And then I'm like, you're hired. Don't even think about working anywhere else. And I had seen her over in Hawaii just, um, and so I'm in New York. She was in Hawaii for four years, which I'm so grateful that she got to be there. But I also hated it because my sister was so far away I almost never got to talk to her because the time zone was so drastic and just her working hours, my working hours, it was really hard for us to be able to talk, but I would see her on Facebook, like doing these amazing races and it just really, really blew my mind. And so she's the one that actually got me to do my very, very first Spartan race, which was in April of last year. I don't even think I'd heard of a Spartan race. I'm like, what is that? But I had done some five five Ks in my life, just a few. It was like after I had children, three of them, I never really reclaimed my fitness that I had when I was in high school. In high school, I ran track. It was a cheerleader. Like I did all these physical things and it was really fantastic. And I maintained a little bit of that throughout the years, but nothing that 
felt really committed or focused. And so when I found out she was, I, I had always wanted to do like a mud run. I was like, for some reason that felt fun to me. Um, so when I found out she was doing the Spartan races, when she got transferred back from Hawaii to North Carolina, and she's like, I need to do these races with somebody. And I was like, raised my hand. I'm like, okay, I'm a little afraid, but I will do them with you. And she's like, woo, little did I know the train roller coaster I was jumping on. And so when I started last year, I was really very unfit, very unfit. We're going to call it starting on the couch. And the way the year kicked off is I started by doing 75 hard. I've done podcast shows about this and 75 hard is like 75 days. It's kind of a mental toughness challenge where you work out twice a day and you stick to your diet. They have you drinking like a gallon of water, which was actually a little too much for me, but um, they have you doing these things. And so in January, in upstate New York in winter, I decided, yeah, this is a great idea to commit to working out twice a day, um, once outside for at least 45 minutes. And really what that was for me at that time was walking. I basically was started just walking twice a day. And it was really, really hard. I did finish the 75 days. And I found at the end of 75 days, trying to fit all of those things in every day with my schedule, it kind of sucked a little bit of the joy out of my day, because I really felt like every minute of the day was just like booked to get all of that in. So I definitely wanted to back off of that a little bit, but still have another physical challenge. And so I committed to do my first Spartan um, sprint, which is the 5k race in Charlotte, North Carolina, with my sister in April, thinking, okay, I'm going to do maybe like three of these races, the 5k is all I'm going to be able to handle. I fly down to Charlotte in April, meet my sister, and off we go. And I've done a podcast, I'm pretty sure about this. I'm pretty sure I have. And I've done some Monday Fires in our Goal Achievers groups where I shared my experience. You guys, it was the most overwhelming thing ever. (laughs) I was so intimidated to be there. There were obstacles I couldn't do. I cried three times, not like bawling, crying, but like, eyes welled up with tears. I'm so out of my comfort zone. What have I done? It was a 5k. Okay, so it probably ended up being probably four miles. Spartans like to make the joke that when they say it's a 5k, and it's supposed to be three miles, it'll probably be four in some venues five. (laughs) And keep in mind, they're out on terrain. So it can be difficult if you're on the side of the mountain, you can't be like, Oh, you're at mile 12. So we're done now. You have to get off the mountain. So The distance can be a little bit flexible, but my sister helped me over obstacles. There was a couple of guys that we met who like lifted our butts up over the eight foot walls. (laughs) And at the end, I literally, I'm going to say I didn't feel like, oh my God, that was so wonderful. I was in shock. I was in absolute shock that I had just done that. I didn't die. I finished. And it was probably about an hour or two later in the truck on the way back to the air, uh, back to the hotel, that I started feeling just this amazing confidence, like confidence. I don't know how else to describe it, but just like, holy crap, if, if I did it, I wasn't good. I wasn't fast. I couldn't do all the obstacles, but I got out there and I got out of my comfort zone And I did it. And I just, it's like the power just started like flowing through my body when I got over the shock of the whole thing. And I was just like, if I can do that, 
I, I could do, I could do anything. <laughs> it literally <laughs> was just like, I am unstoppable. Look what I just <laughs> did. Oh my goodness. So long story short, I went from the couch in January to, I, I did 12 Spartan races last year. I had said I was going to do three. I ended up doing 12 and my last, I think three races were the beast, which is a half marathon and they are different distances. We can talk later about the one that I didn't finish in Killington, which is the hardest course where I took on too much and failed, but we can talk about that later. But I ended up doing 12 races where I said I was going to do three. My, my total distance went from, you know, a 5k at three to four miles to the New Jersey beast was 17 miles is what I clocked. And I completed all of them. And what happened with my confidence was crazy. What happened with my mental toughness, I don't know how else to explain it, but my mental toughness was that when I came back into my life, as the year was going on, challenges and things that I was dealing with just didn't seem that hard anymore. When you do the 5k and you think, oh my God, I'm going to die. Then you go and you do a 10k. That was Palmerton, Alicia. Remember that? That was, again, I took on a little too much. That's a great story. Right. But then you go back and you do the 5k and you're like, that was so easy. What was so hard became so easy. Then you go do a beast and you're like, wow, the 10k is a piece of cake. I could do that all day long. And so it's that process of up-leveling that happened over the course of a year. It didn't happen, you know, in one day. But the amazing thing is that my business revenues two and a half times, and I wasn't really doing, I didn't think I was doing anything different in the business, but what happened was I changed me. I changed who I was by taking on this physical challenge. And then when I came back into the business, I brought that into the business and things that might've scared me in the business before no longer seemed that big of a deal. Because if you can survive two miles in a Florida swamp, <laughs> you're, you're like, yeah, I can do anything. It's all, all good. So that's where the idea of the unbreakable retreat came from, is seeing the results that happened in my business because I was out doing this physical challenge and it was so unexpected to me, that amazing result. And so that's where I came up with the idea of the unbreakable retreat because I thought we need to help more people do this work on their business, but then also compare it with that physical challenge to get out of that comfort zone. Because what you develop out there on the course, you will bring back into the other areas of your life. Okay, so I want to hear from you guys to tell your stories, but that's where Unbreakable Retreat came from. And that's why all the amazing, beautiful coaches on this call are all going to be at the Unbreakable Retreat. So I'd love to start with Miss Adrienne. Have you had a similar experience when you've taken on a, a physical challenge and tell us about it and how did that affect your business? Yeah, I mean, uh, years ago, I started uh, sort of jogging with a friend and her husband is one of these, um, you know, ultra marathoners. He does all of the the. the I forgot what it's called, the the big race in uh, Hawaii where it's um, a triathlon. Iron I Man? I don't remember. Iron yeah. Man. He's an Iron Man fanatic. Um, and so uh, because of him, he encouraged my friend and I to do a mini um, triathlon. Mm. Uh, and that is something that I, you know, was very afraid of doing 
each one of the, uh, you know, the, the physical challenges in themselves, to me, were not that difficult. But when you combined all three of them together, and especially the thought of, you know, coming out of water and then, you know, getting on a bike or running, I can't remember, which um, was something that made me very uncomfortable because, you know, I even in physical, when I'm working out and everything, I don't like to feel uncomfortable. So um, being able to sort of, you know, accomplish that and get through that to the end. And again, it's, you know, who knows where I ranked or anything like that. Um, but that particular challenge set off a uh, many more challenges that I have given myself physically throughout my life. So I've done things like a half marathon in Central Park. Um, and there's just so many lessons, you know, when, when you're getting to the end and you just, you know, feel like you can't take another step and somebody out of nowhere, you know, like grabs your arm and says, come on, girl, we're doing this together to the end. I mean, you, you know, and then, and then that person literally disappears. disappears and you never see them Dis again. Yeah. You never see them. It is like, you know what? There's something that is bigger that sort of has my back. And that piece of knowledge has really helped me, not only in my business, but also in my life to have trust that I don't have to be the one that is carrying everything on my shoulders. Um, so that has been a really radical, um, you know, change in approach because I guess just growing up, I always felt like I needed to do everything myself. Mm. And I did, you know, I was tough about it. You know, I don't need anyone's help. But, you know, the reality is that I do need help. And that has also... Um, infused itself into my business. And I finally, you know, realized this year that, you know, I need a lot of help if I want to get to a certain level in my business. It's so true, Adrian. And like that first Spartan course, when I had to ask my baby sister to help me get my fat ass up <laughs> over a four foot wall, just the ego of like, having to check my ego and be like, I have to ask for help here. I had no idea how hard that would be. But if we don't ask for help, we don't get the benefit of help of, from other people who have been there, done it. We don't get that curve shortened for us. We just have to, we're just stuck in trial and error and maybe never finding the solution. But the truth is the solution's out there. Everything's been solved. But if we don't ask for help, we don't get that help. And I love that you said that because it's so very important that you learned that you had to ask for help. Yeah. So super yeah. powerful. Oh my goodness. Thank you. So, and the other thing you mentioned that was so important was those experiences that happen when you're out there doing these races or training for things. And look, I love how you said you didn't, you don't even know where you ranked. I have no idea where I rank. You call it a race, but I don't know. I'm not racing. I'm racing myself when I'm out there. I am yeah. no specimen of physical fitness. You guys, you're never going to see a picture of my abs on social media ever. And so <laughs> if you're thinking, oh, you know, you have to be so fit and, and blah, no, it's bullshit. You don't, you can be in any physical shape that you're in. And in fact, out on Spartan courses, one of the most inspiring things I've seen 
is people of all ages, all sizes, um, large women, small women, large men, small men, old, young, skinny, fat, like you name it, they are out there and they're all just out there to do their personal best. And it is so, so very inspiring. So very inspiring. So those little like moments that happen, there was a course, Alicia, I think it was, it was the one, maybe it was Palmerton where they had the dunk wall and we had to go through the lake and one of our other sisters had joined us on this race. And so Alicia and Michelle were up ahead of me and I was behind because I'm always the slowest one. And there was, we came to a dunk wall. So think of this big inflatable wall. You're in the middle of a lake that you've just walked, you know, a hundred yards through, and then you have to dunk under this wall. And it's not very, it's maybe a foot, two feet wide. So it's not very far, but it's a dunk wall. So you dunk under and, and swim underneath it. And if you're lucky, the water is clean. <laughs> if you're lucky. So um, a girl, a young girl came up next to me and you could tell she was absolutely terrified of this dunk wall. And I was like, are you okay? And she said, well, um, normally my mother is here with me on these courses, but she's not. And I had a, a couple years ago, a pulmonary embolism. So the idea of holding my breath and going underwater absolutely terrifies me. I'm like, yeah, totally legit. I would be terrified too. And I said to her, let's do it together. I'm not your mom, but she was younger than me. She maybe could have been my daughter. I said, I'm not your mom, but you're not alone in this. Let's do it together. And we did. And we dumped under. We, she came up. Everything was fine. You know, we finished going through the lake and talked a little bit further. And then I never saw her again. But to just have that moment where you either receive help or, or give help, it's just like the most coolest thing. <laughs> it can, it's so hard to explain that can happen in life. And I know, Alicia, you've experienced this too. So tell us a little bit about your story and your your physicality and how that's improved your life. Uh, awesome. Yeah, Adrian. I mean, I love what you share because I find every course I go on, I meet somebody and there have been people I could probably tell you 30 plus stories and you want to see them again, but just having that moment is so special. I started, it's funny. I was in the military for 10 years and I hated to work out. I hated it. I struggled every six months. You have to do a physical fitness test, whether you run, swim, and I just did the bare minimum to get by. Was not physical. I do like to be physical and I like to be active, but it wasn't until I want to say I'd had my youngest daughter. I have two, so my youngest, and I had a really bad thyroid issue. And when I, by the time I was diagnosed, I had gained 30 pounds and just sluggish and tired and they put you on medication, and I was on this medication for maybe six years. And I still felt brain fog, exhaustion, fatigue, just the thought of working out would just make me wanna go take a nap for seven hours. <laughs> and I finally got really tired of that, and I started doing some research, and I found a diet that helps you heal your thyroid. I actually switched to my medication, and slowly but surely, the light started to come back on. And I started working out, I remember this, I was telling Jen this story the other day, I remember not being able to do more than maybe 10 seconds of, let's say, jumping jacks at a time. And then it was maybe five wall push-ups. That is how weak I was. I was so weak. I probably couldn't even walk half a mile. But I did. I just started these little micro workouts. And then the next thing I knew, I was doing 30 seconds of jumping jacks. And then I was doing 10 wall push-ups. And then it was a minute. And then it was two minutes. And slowly but surely. 
And I did this maybe for four months and I said, I'm gonna go for a run. I'm just curious. I had been doing these workouts in my bedroom, literally next to my bed. I didn't want anybody to see me. And I went out and I ran three miles. Now it was slow, but I was like, what? And I just remember (laughs) feeling this, you know, just this excitement of feeling my body and, and having that when you've been sick for eight years and you, you know, just walking is so exhausting. That feeling of invigoration that like I could just feel my body, my mind coming back to life, it really just triggered something new. And when we went to Hawaii, it was my fort. I was turning 40 and I decided to train for a half marathon and I did all the training by myself. I had a Nike app. It was couch to half marathon. If there, I think there really is this that training plan. And I trained all by myself and I ran and I ran. And I remember going out there and having the best run of my life. So in Hawaii, they have this um, mountain called Diamond Head, and it's it's a good, it's a big crater. And so this race takes you up that, up the highest hill to the top of the crater, back down, you turn around, you come back up, and then you come back down. And I just remember, great, great run, but the last leg, I was coming back down and my knee started really hurting because I hadn't done a lot of elevation running. And I'm coming, I'm maybe a mile from the finish line and I start slowing down. In fact, I start walking and almost limping because this knee hurts so bad. And I hear this girl behind me go, don't stop. She's like, I have been following you. You have been my motivation this whole race. She's been right behind me. Didn't even know. I'm like, who's going to use me as their, as their pacer? And she actually ended up passing me and I didn't mind. But that really was such a experience where my confidence I just thought, you know, the training that you have to go through and to accomplish that, and I was really happy with my time, and then I set my sights on my first Spartan. And I don't even remember how I came across Spartan, but Hawaii, there's only one race a year. Every August, because you're on an island, so they can only come out there once a year. And I remember I got a trainer. I trained for my first Spartan, and I had these lofty goals. I was going to go out and do a super Because I just ran a half marathon, right? A super should be no problem. A super is a 10K, you guys. So a super is a 10K. Yes, thank you. So the sprint, like Jen was talking about, is a 5K. A super is a 10K. And I'm like, I'm coming off a half marathon. Super, no problem. I decided to do a super and a sprint. So I go out. It's August in Hawaii. 197% humidity. (laughs) It happened to be uh, 90-something degrees out there. And the elevation in Hawaii was something that I hadn't prepared myself for Uh, I hadn't done a lot of hill training. I lived on the flat side of the island. So I go out and that super, y'all, crushed my soul. (laughs) Uh, It crushed my soul. Now, it was fun, mind you. But like Jen said, Spartans, they don't know how to do math. So a a 10K really turned out to be, I want to say I did nine and a half, maybe 10 miles for that super, plus potentially 3,000 plus feet of elevation. And now the obstacles, I, I got most of them, but I had trained for them. And I remember getting back and I'm purple. I'm so hot and I'm supposed to go back out for a sprint. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so the fact that Jen, you know, put these 12 races under her belt in a year to me just blows my mind because I really phased myself into this. I did a half marathon and then I did a super and then I, uh, I started really getting into a lot of other half marathons on the island because there's not many races there, but going out there and doing those elevation runs. So I set my sights on a trifecta because I had a whole year to train for it, Jen, a whole year, (laughs) a whole year. So I found all these races with elevation, but a trifecta, it comes to Hawaii again once a year. So that was August. So I had a whole year to train for the next August. 
A trifecta is where you do a beast, which is a half marathon. And in Hawaii, it's probably 4,500 feet of elevation. And I think it's about 30 obstacles. So you do the beast on Saturday. And then Sunday, you would do the super in the morning with a little bit of a break. And you go back out and you do a sprint right after. So you do all three races in two days. And when I tell you guys I trained, I, I luckily I found a great group in Hawaii uh, and we trained every weekend, obstacles, running, and I wasn't prepared for my first Spartan. I I just wasn't. I didn't, I, I went more for strength training, left the running out and you really have to do both. But I did, I went out there that weekend and it was hard. And when I say you train with people, but when you're out on that course and everybody wants to maybe stay together and we did for one race, but then you want to try to push yourself and everybody ends up in their own bubbles. And I remember I ended up by myself and you walk up to one of these obstacles and you're by yourself. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, all those thoughts come in. Can I do this? Monkey bars. I'm scared. Like, what if I fall? Uh, what if, you know, what if I, I don't want to look like an idiot? It's hard. It's hard. Y'all when you're a kid running around on the monkey bars and you're playing, remember those days yeah. when you're swinging and you're flinging, it's easy. <laughs> Then you get old and these things that used to be fun and easy, they're hard and they are scary. Alicia, never easy for me, the bars. Me when I was neither. Kid. I don't know what you're talking about. That never do that. Something. Yeah. No. <laughs> I just, okay. Well, you know, merry-go-round, whatever. You just had no fear when you were younger, right? You would just go out yeah. and you'd play and you'd run and jump. And I just remember feeling this fear take over me the first few races. And even now I'll run up to the monkey bars and I've done them a hundred times, but I'm like, I get that butterflies come up. What if I fail? And, and these are hard things. And just because you do them one time doesn't mean you can do them every time. Right. And I just remember that time, that first trifecta being alone out there on this course and of course you meet people, yes, but you still are by yourself and you have to come up with this. Are you going to do it? How much are you going to give? And so I started to set this rule. You might fail, but I don't care. Give each obstacle 100%. Try your very, very hardest because then you'll know what to train for, how far you can go. And I started to just build up confidence. And when you do one of those obstacles, like the first time I climbed the rope, I can't even begin to explain it was better than any Christmas present I've ever gotten because you just have this sense of accomplishment and you've overcome such a scary thing that it, like Jen said, your mindset set starts to shift and you start to think, I am a badass. <laughs> Look what I just did. <laughs> you know, I just did that. Like, holy cow, I'm a badass and nobody else is around to celebrate it with you. And I think that's a huge shift because maybe you've always had to have validation from other people or you've always needed to have that high see look what I did see I did it and I know I've had that like if if does it count if nobody's around if nobody saw you to share in that experience but it counts in here and it counts in here mm -hmm. and so that just really started me off on this wild one adventure the rest of the time I was in Hawaii I got to do a lot of half marathons but only once a year did I get to do those uh, Spartan races. So coming back, we moved back and COVID kind of cleared up. And when that COVID cleared up and Jen said she was ready to go, I said, well, let's just sign up for all these. We just, she's crazy like me. And I don't know how crazy she is. And we, just, we, signed up, we signed up for one after the other. And we just went out and it was such a blast. And Jen, we should talk about though the first time because we had stayed together. Mm -hmm 
for almost every single race we had yeah, done. We did. I didn't want to leave her. Uh, I just, it's a scary thing to be out there. And, you know, it's my sister. I get to race with my sister. I didn't want to leave her, but we were at different levels. Mm -hmm. And it didn't bother me because I was just getting back into it. But the first race where Jen had to go out on her own, I felt terrible. But we were in West Virginia. It was Virginia. West Virginia because you got, so, so West Virginia has a trifecta weekend. So Alicia had gone out and done the beast on Saturday she is a beast. Okay. So she'd done the beast on Saturday and I was just really there for moral support and hanging out in the festival area because I was just not, not ready for it yet. So on Sunday you do the super and the sprint, the 10 K and the 5 K. So her and I went out in West Virginia and we did the 10 K together, but she had already done the beast on the day before. And you remember the blisters, she had mm -hmm. these huge blisters on her feet. And she was just like, I can't, she, oh, I, I know it killed her because she was just like, I can't go back out and do the third race. I was race. going for a trifecta weekend. Yeah, she was doing that trifecta and it just killed yeah. her. But she was like, I can't go out. I had never been out by myself. And so it killed me to see her. I knew she was so disappointed and she really wanted to go out. And I had a moment, you guys, right there where I could totally wuss out. And I could just be like, oh, my sister's hurt. I did the 10K. So I'm <laughs> done now. Yeah. And... I just remember feeling like I have to do this. I know my sister can't go out with me, but I have to go back out there. And West Virginia was no simple course. It was not flat. There was elevation. There had been a huge rainstorm. They actually shut down the course for a little bit. And what I didn't know at the time is it's because of the huge rainstorm, it had turned everything to really slick mud when you're trying to climb up and you're trying to climb down. Um, so it made the course even more treacherous, but and that moment, I was just like, I don't know why, I don't know where it came from, but I'm like, I have to go out and do this by myself. And I did. And I went out and I finished the 5K by myself. So the whole thing ended up being this just amazing learning experience for Alicia to have to say, no, I, I can't go back out, even though I really want to. It's just not in my best interest for my health, you know, live to run another day. Because I think we had another race coming up, and the concern it was Killington. We had uh, Vermont. Oh, we had Vermont. Killington. Oh my god, so. they call it Killington for a reason. But um, we were concerned her blisters wouldn't heal in time to go out and do the big race that was coming up. And so, but then for me, it was getting outside my comfort zone. I can mm -hmm. do this by myself, and it's a whole nother experience when you're out there by yourself, and it's just like you, the elements, and you, because when you get out there, like, there's no exit. There's no, like, you know, ramp, off ramp to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. You are committed. You are out there. Like, it's harder to turn around and try to go back against traffic than it is to have to just continue through and see it through to the end. But when we talk about life, how often do we have things in life that we're like, I don't want to deal with this. You know, I'm going to distract myself with TV or food or shopping or booze or whatever it is. So I don't have to deal with this hard thing in my life. But when you're out on a course, you have to deal with it. The only way through is through. And so when you learn that you can deal with stuff and you can deal with really hard stuff and you can actually go through it and you survive and you're like, I did that. This is what I mean by you bring it into those other areas of life. Alicia, you made such a great comment about uh, it was soul crushing. <laughs> I had a couple soul crushing experiences. Uh, the first was Palmerton, which is a ski mountain, and you climb up, 
And we were there, one of our other sisters joined us. And so we were there to run the 5K with Alicia. And just last minute, we were like, hey, why don't we go out and just do the 10K with you too? Because I'd done a couple races by now, thought I was, you know, hot stuff. And uh, Palmerton Mm -hmm. was soul crushing. You climb up this mountain and then down in the mountain and up the mountain and down the mountain. And it was almost like a beast. The terrain was so intense. Mm Like after that 10K, I did, I did not want to go back out the next day. I was just like, nothing is getting me back out there. And as I'm climbing that mountain, I'm like, I am not coming back out here on, on Sunday. It is not happening. But I survived it. And what did I do? I went back out on Sunday. We went back out on Saturday, Sunday. And yeah. <laughs> when you do things that are literally soul crushing, I mean, I wanted to just curl up in a little ball and cry and say, everybody leave me alone because <laughs> this is really hard. You go back out and you do it. And again, then afterwards that just like happiness is found on the other side of hard. This is one of the things I have learned so much over the last year. When you do the hard stuff, when you go through it, and you accomplish it. And it doesn't matter if it was pretty or if you were the fastest. I skipped I skipped so many Spartan obstacles last year because I was really just working on distance. This year is my, I want to work on obstacles this year. But when you go through it, happiness is there. Happiness lives on the other side of hard. And that's how you become unbreakable. <laughs> okay, Julie, I want to hear from you. Share some of your experience and your stories around this. Sure. So, you know, I was a a big kid. I was a chubby kid. I was bigger than all the boys. I beat almost all of them at arm wrestling. Um, And so subsequently, I was also, you know, a lot of name calling, a lot of bullying. Um, But I was also athletic. So Mm -hmm. I had good sport in me. But as far as, you know, monkey bars or things like that, those were terrifying to me. Like that type of the, the climbing a rope, the physical fitness in my, in my day, there was the president's physical fitness that you had to do every year. And it was terrible for me. I just couldn't lift my body up or like we had to hang from a, a bar and they'd, they'd um, time you. And these tiny girls would get up there and they'd swing and they'd Ugh. like look up and they'd stay up there forever. And I would stay up there for, you know, yeah. 20 seconds tops and drop. And it was so embarrassing to be that kid who couldn't do those things. Mm-hmm. So as I got older, around 15, I sort of started growing out of that heaviness just naturally but it mentally was still there. My, my heaviness was still there mentally. But I started going to the gym at 15 years old and really didn't stop. I, I just proceeded to continue to get stronger and always work out. However, life throws you different challenges and different things. And I had late in life, around 40, I got in a relationship that I thought was the one. And five years later, after a lot of heartache and manipulation and bad juju with this person, I decided that it was time for me to leave that relationship. So I did. And then I looked at my body and was like, wow, I am so out of shape. What happened? I got super comfortable with this guy. I, didn't, I stopped working out because he didn't really work out. And I just felt like a lump. 
So I decided I was going to change that and get in my best shape ever, which meant me getting up at 4.30 in the morning to get to a 6 a.m. training session with my personal trainer and then go to work. And I worked in sales at the time. So, you know, you're, you, you, uh, basically you earn what you catch. Right. And so my body started to change. My energy started to change. I truly did begin to have the six pack abs that had so been elusive my whole life. I felt so incredible. And, and that absolutely affected how I performed at work. It absolutely affected how I felt about myself at 45 years old when I thought, I'll never meet a guy again. I, you know, who meets somebody at 45? Literally, I was beating men off with a stick. <laughs> just <laughs> wherever I went, it was just <laughs> because I was so confident, because I had yeah. such strength, such inner strength uh, from my physical strength. Yeah. I felt it's just to, to put on clothing and have it just ease on and never be struggling in the morning. Like, what am I going to wear? I can wear anything. It's going to look great. All of it's going to look great. I could wear a t-shirt and, you know, I could wear a sack and feel terrific in it because I know underneath Mm -hmm. I'm strong and, uh, you know, fit. So that was just one example of, of, getting back into shape from being out of shape and how that affected me mentally, emotionally, physically, and yes, at work, crushing it at work, blowing past my sales goals and, and really bringing in more money than I'd, that I'd ever brought in, in my life. So, um, I, I definitely think direct correlation between working out, feeling your best and doing your best in life. Yeah, I agree completely, Julie. And that's part of why even for our business coaching this year, we've added health coaching for all of our business clients, because if you don't have the energy and the vitality to show up and to do that work on your business, because you're sick and tired and overwhelmed all the time, like you just can't show up and work at that level you need to work at to take your business to where you want to take it to. Now, Julie, I want to ask you, because you've never done a Spartan race, right? Mm-hmm. No, so no. I know there's going to be close. Exactly. And I know there's going to be some people listening to this who, when they find mm-hmm. out what a Spartan race is, are going to be intimidated and they're going to be scared and they're going to be like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. So I would love to hear, because you're one of the coaches coming to this retreat, but you're also participating. Like you're going yeah. to be doing your very first Spartan race. So talk to me a little bit about like, what does that feel like? Well, of course it's intimidating. Right, I, I'm I'm getting over some injuries that keep seeming to dog me. Um, I did try to start running last year for the first time in 30 years because I, a friend of mine went from couch to running the New York Marathon last year. I was so inspired by her journey, and she said, "Come on, come with me. You can granny trot." That's what I did. So I granny trotted my way up to about two and a half miles, but at the same time, maybe the way I was holding, but I have a neck injury. I have a neck issue. So it aggravated that tremendously. So, so I've stopped. So yeah, I'm a little nervous about training for this because I don't want to, this is a neck injury that's not going to go away. It's going to get progressively worse, most likely as I get older. Mm -hmm. Um, Side note on that though, 
on my vision last year, I put, I'm going to be, get out of my pain from my neck. And through the course of doing exercises and going to a great act, uh, practitioner, I was sans neck pain by the end of last year. So <gasps> even when you think it's not possible because the doctors have said it's never going to get better and you're just going to have to deal with the pain, I say, no, that is not true. <laughs> I'm with so, you. <clears throat> knowing that, um, I'm excited to just train slowly and, and get there. This gives me, doing the Spartan in May gives me so much more motivation to um, get on my game and get into a workout routine mm -hmm. that can push my limits. Because having worked out since I was 15, I do it, but I don't really push myself. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, frankly, I'm the oldest person on the team, I think, pretty sure. <laughs> so that also <laughs> is intimidating to be, you know, I know that there are people other than me doing Spartan races, but I feel like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, they've been doing marathons for years and they're that kind of person, that kind of person, the person that wasn't unable to do the monkey bars when they were in grammar school, mm -hmm. you know, the person that, you know, is not, uh, I, I, I often feel like I'm just very bulky. So lifting myself up doesn't feel like something I'll be able to do, but mm -hmm. I'm excited for the challenge. Um, more than scared, I'm excited. And, uh, and I know that you will be there with me, yes. helping me along the way. Mm -hmm. So that is, I, I'm also excited about taking that help and getting over my ego and, uh, and making it happen. Oh, I love this so much. And one of the reasons why I personally love Spartan so much is you don't have to run the whole thing. And, and often most of my courses I've walked, I'm not a great runner, maybe that will improve. But and then the obstacles that you're doing, like many of the obstacles I might try, but like I don't have any chance of climbing a rope right now of where I'm at. And the monkey bars, they're not a possibility. By the end of the year, my hope is that they will be. But I love that there's always you can always do something better on a Spartan. There's always they're going to present something to you that is just like, ooh, that gives me room for improvement. I don't feel like there's ever going to be like, oh, I've got it. It's nailed. I can't do any better. Like there's always going to be that challenge where you could always do a little bit better or be able to then conquer that obstacle that you couldn't conquer before. But you're listening to this, you don't have to run the whole thing, you don't have to do every obstacle. But it is, you know, just that mental toughness of just being out on the course and being willing to, for me, it was being willing to put my hands on the rope and just attempt to pull myself up. It ain't happening. But I'm like, let me try. Let me try. Adrian, I'd yeah. love to hear from you too, because you've never done a Spartan either. So what, what's going through your head of this, this wonderful thing that you've just committed to? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am, I'm sort of not afraid of, of doing challenging things, especially when it comes to physical fitness, because I do feel like I have a, a pretty good level of fitness. Um, I am afraid of getting hurt. That's for sure. You know, I mean, you know, I like I broke my wrist when I was 40 snowboarding and it was like the one of the most painful things of my entire life and I had to get surgery from it and everything and but but even after that like I said I'm not letting this wrist injury change the way that I do anything mm -hmm. so I push and I still do you know I go to yoga even now and and I'm 
listen, like I'm, I'm definitely like overweight, (laughs) you know, and, and all of it. But you know, when I go, even when I go to yoga now, I push myself because I say, if I don't push myself now, it's only going to be worse when I'm older. Um, I also, I do belong to just an absolutely lovely gym. And uh, one of the class, I go to some classes because they are things that push me outside of my comfort zone. And one of the classes that I go to is boxing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a wonderful woman that teaches boxing and she's, you know, super tough and everything that we do. I'm like, I can't do that. And, you know, just whatever. But um, she came over to me a couple of weeks ago when I was doing the push-ups, Right. And I tend to, I can't do push-ups. It's very <laughs> difficult for me. It's the body weight thing. And so I do them on my knees. And she said to me, I know that this is going to seem weird. She goes, but put yourself in a push-up position. And, you know, I could, I could um, go down, mm-hmm. but I can't go mm-hmm. up. So she said, I don't care how you get back up, but just, just keep your body in the position as a regular push up mm-hmm. because if you don't do it the right way you're never going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So even if I like flop up and I'll tell you that I can do one push up now like a full Yay! ass push up. Yes. <laughs> but it's it's that mental and uh, Alicia I'm sure that that you know this is what you help people with but it's like if you compromise and you are always doing things like the you know, sort of the wrong way, you're you're never going to be able to do it the right way. So like Jennifer, you said, like grab the rope to see how it feels. It's the same thing with like the push-up. Do it the right way to see how it feels. Mm-hmm. No, that's a really good point. And one thing I tell people to do is don't ever do them on your knees. Do them on an inverted surface. So even if it's against the wall or mm-hmm. on a bench, that way you're using your plank and your, you know, your core because doing them on your knees, it's just, it's not even activating the same thing that a pushup would. So yeah. it's great advice. Yeah. You guys are talking about your injuries and it brought me back to when I was, I want to say 32 and I threw my back out. Mm-hmm. Now I am young. I had lost a lot of weight. I look amazing. And I go to the chiropractor, threw my back out on our way to Disney And he tells me I have the back of a 70-year-old. You know, being in the Navy, I I was a jet mechanic, so I lifted a lot of heavy things, and I did a lot of things. I've slipped and fell on my tailbone a few times, but I've never really worked out to strengthen muscles the way that they should. And I thought, I mean, I couldn't walk for months. And I just remember thinking, how am I 32, and I feel like I'm like walking like a 90-year-old? And I remember telling myself, it was kind of when I was getting back into that health thing was, you know, you want, your body's going to take care of you for years, but putting that effort into what you need to make sure that you're strong and you're healthy. And I did, I came back from that and now I have zero back problems. For me, it was all muscular. It wasn't disc, you know, like a disc or anything that, you know, was serious that required surgery. But I realized I have just been neglecting the parts of my body that are going to carry me through. And feeling that when you're out on the course and there's these obstacles. My first one, I remember training, all I wanted to do was the rope climb and the spear throw. Now, I knew I could do the bucket and some of these other, I'm like Julie, I'm very stout. So legs, like I can hike up a hill with a sandbag. And I remember just training for those two obstacles. That's all I focused on. And I nailed them because that was my focus. I just picked two. 
you know, but one thing that I love about Spartan, and I'll, uh, I'm sure we're going to close it out here soon, but, you know, Spartan looks at that they build the course to simulate life. And life is messy. Mm-hmm. Life is not predictable. Life is not, you're not going to get to a certain distance and be done. So when they joke about, oh, a 5K, it's never a 5K. It could be four, it could be five, it, you know, whatever. They may decide to switch the obstacle rotation up. You're never going to hit the same course. And what I love out there is Killington's a great example. Uh, they took you up this, uh, they start you off on a mile hike straight up over a thousand feet elevation. That was mile one. Mile three, they do it again under a ski lift, straight the up death almost march. a mile. The death march, <laughs> That's what they call it. And then, <laughs> and then mile eleven. I'm like, where? When are we going to start to go up or down? Like, I can always sense when the course end is coming, especially in a beast. I'm looking, my watch is tracking fourteen plus miles. I'm like, it's got to be around here soon. Mind you, a beast is a is a is a you know thirteen point whatever. So they are never going to give you a predictable course. And right when you think you've gotten through the hardest part, nine times out of 10, they're going to make it harder. And I remember in Killington, this happened. So mile one, you know, straight up that thousand feet, mile three, do it again. We're running around. It's mile 11. And I'm with this group of people. We're all like hanging on and making comments. And I'm like, you know, when are we going to get to start to go down? We turn a corner and I'm like, where's mile 12? He goes, you're not going to want to see it. So we turn the corner and mile 12 was back up another, you know, cliff face. And I remember having to dig in with my nails to try to get up the side of this mountain. And I'm thinking, what the hell is wrong with you, Spartan? And and so we get up that mountain. It was another, I think I was at 5,000 feet elevation. Turn the corner. We finally get to start to go down. And this isn't like a down, this is like down, like straight down, like you're kind of pulling back so that you don't fall over on your face. And then what's at the bottom of the hill? The sandbag carry. And this is mile four, like 13, mind you, but really and truly mile 16. And I'm not telling this to scare you. I'm sharing this because I love the philosophy. Life is never going to be easy. It's never going to be predictable. And when you go through these challenges and you say to yourself, I'm done, I'm done. I, I don't, I can't take another step. You're really not done. Mm-hmm. And to pull within you and find that you can do that sandbag here. There are four more obstacles af- at this point at the end of that Killington beast. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm done. There's no way. Guess what the last uh, obstacle was after the sandbag carry, which was through three feet of mud up a hill, down a hill. Then there was like the Hercules Mm -hmm. hoist and um, another obstacle that was pretty easy for me. The last obstacle after I think I was clocking close to 16 miles was the monkey bars. (laughs) It's at the race finale. Everyone's around. If you don't make it through, you have to do Well, you don't have to, but the penalty is 30 burpees. And I'm like, not happening. (laughs) And I love when my sister is my cheerleader and she's there because she's got the camera out. And I remember thinking, just try. That's all you can do is try. And almost on the last one, I swung and I almost missed. But then you hit this bell and it's like, and you run through the finish line. And, you know, I just love that analogy with how they build these courses to really simulate. So like Jen says, when you can make it through that, you go through and you're like, oh, there's a long line at the grocery store. 
So what? You know, there's so many, there's so many worse things that you've been through. Yeah, it's so true. And Alicia, I love what you said. Um, and Julie, you too about the monkey bars, right? Because you were always the kid who like couldn't grab. And I'm still there. I cannot do monkey bars. I can't hold myself up. But I remember, so guys, Killington is the hardest Spartan course there is. We're not doing Killington at the retreat, okay? We're doing Montana, which is the most scenic and beautiful Spartan course. Um, so Killington is the hardest, number one rated difficulty race. And I got to tell you, my sister, she went out and she did it on Saturday by herself. Then she turned around and did it on Sunday with me and my son. And wow. Killington was the race that crushed my soul because I couldn't finish. I got, um, I think, 13 miles in and I had to cut off the last two miles and come in with the sprinters who were on the, you know, the 5K because it was just too much for me. It was just so hard. That course I totally cried on and it totally crushed my soul. No question whatsoever. But 30 days later, I went out and did the New Jersey Beast all by myself, 17 miles. And let me tell you, Killington prepared me for that. I would never have been able to go out and do that if I hadn't failed at Killington. It's hard to say failed because when you've gone that many miles through that kind of terrain, it doesn't entirely feel like a failure. But when you have to walk at the end and they're like trying to hand you your medal and I'm like, nope, I'm not taking it because I didn't do those last two miles. But um, one of my favorite things, though, was watching my sister. And I think I don't know if you remember this, Alicia, that like the little tiny skinny girls and skinny girls, we love you, too. But who can like hang on those bars and they they don't weigh anything and they can just whoop, whoop, whoop. And you see them at the Spartan races. And I'm just like, how do they do that? And Alicia, there was a there was a group of men standing at the monkey bars and I've got my camera and she gets up there and my sister, you're five, nine. Right. So you're a, mm-hmm. you're a larger girl, not a, not a not a heavy girl, but like a, a bigger girl. And she, I am not petite. she's not petite. OK, she gets up there and she owns those monkey bars. And this group of men were kind of like not really giving her, you know, the time of day. And as she gets a little further and a little further every one of their heads was like, look what this girl is doing. And I remember Alicia saying to me, I love it when they think, you know, this girl will never make it across. And she just like owns that shit. I'm like, yes. And it's, just, <laughs> it's so great. But I remember hearing a lot of cheering, which was yes. awesome, but it was like, you've got, you've got, it, you've got, you've got it. it. And when you yeah. do something like that, it's just so amazing. And it's so, it's so powerful to watch it happening to like see somebody you care about, like doing it and then to be a part of it, even when you quote fail. And I had to like, Oh, it was just the shame of it all. And my sister and my son both finished the race and I didn't. <laughs> and I was like crying and it was just awful. And it was just so hard. And I probably took on a little more than I should have a little too soon before I was ready whatever. That's who I am too. It's like, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to try. I gave it my hundred percent. It wasn't good enough. And I still survived. And then I went back out and, and I did survive another race and, you know, lived to fight another day and became stronger from the whole thing. So I know we're pretty much out of time. We were out of time. We're a little over, but I just want to end this with, I'd love to hear from each of the coaches. Like, what would you say if you're a woman or even a man who is really on the fence, who's just like, I don't know if I can do this. The whole thing kind of scares me. Remember, we're going to have three days of coaching, being out in nature, <laughs> like working on your business, doing some outdoor activities, some hiking, some rafting, some whatever fun stuff too. 
um, before the Spartan race. The Spartan race is on the last day of the retreat. You'll have people with you. You don't have to run the whole thing. But I would just love to hear from each of you. Like if somebody's on the fence, they're not sure if this is right for me. What would you coach them on? What would you say to somebody who is considering doing something like this? Uh, Adrian? Yeah, I mean, the thing that just came to mind for me is that, you know, there is benefit in being uncomfortable and being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, I think we have all gone through so much with COVID. You know, we can't forget that we're still even living with it now. And it's caused a lot of mental um, strife and, you know, people have lost people and, you know, sometimes business is, you know, you just don't even want to do it. You just want to go and, and, and be in bed. And I think that there couldn't be a better time than May in Montana um, to really reconnect with nature and yourself and sort of the rhythm of life. So, you know, I would say, that this is something to do to truly invest in in getting back to yourself and refocusing and and pushing through and doing something really hard. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a it's going to be a beautiful time, a beautiful course. I love that. Julie. Uh, again, I would say invest, invest in yourself and um, make it an unforgettable year. We we've liked to forget the last couple of years they've been really soul depleting and this could be soul uplifting and you could go and inspire yourself and inspire those around you so i would say i'm so looking forward to this challenge and um i can't imagine doing something more wonderful for myself this year so join us is what i'm going to say oh i love that and alicia I'm going to say, because I know Jen and I have talked about a lot of the scary things that come along with a Spartan race, and I would honestly say I didn't really know what I was getting into in my first one, and I think that's a good thing, because you can't psych yourself out about it, don't stress out about it. This is an opportunity for you to go out and start to just scratch at the surface of breaking out, trying something new, and seeing how it feels for you. So look at it as that opportunity to see, are you good at it? Do you like it? What can you do? How fun is it? We're going to bond. There's going to be all ladies there. We'll boost each other up. We'll pick you up, whatever. I've carried a gentleman in a wheelchair through a, a course. And so it's fun. He wanted to do the monkey bars. We picked the wheelchair up. We got him through. So we're going to be there to support you. And I would say don't don't psych yourself up too much about it. Uh, look at it as an experience you're going to get and you'll be able to see how it feels for you. Oh, that's so good. And one of the things we are doing from now until the retreat is we have a weekly health coaching call. So if you were like so many of us on the couch and you're like, okay, I'm in, I'm going to do this. Um, we will help you come up with a plan, a fitness plan of what you need to be doing from now until May. We're going to be there from now until then to support you on this process so that you can start taking steps towards your health. I know for me, just the idea of working out because I know I'm supposed to do it or I should do it, it just isn't enough motivation. Like having the race and knowing I'm going to be out on this course. And so you better get out there and do some of your workout, Jen. <laughs> For me, having that goal um, really helps to motivate me. It, 
it shouldn't be other than my own health. Like that should be enough, but it isn't. I need that goal to just be like, this is what I'm working for. And, and it's just, it's really helped me in the motivation side. So I'm going to wrap this up by saying that for any of you that in your heart, if there's any part of your heart that says, holy cow, I would love to do that. Even if it scares the ever living daylights out of you, hold on to that little piece of your heart that says, I'd really love to do this because I'm telling you that you can, you absolutely can do this. You just have to sign up and you just have to show up. And if you sign up and show up, I promise that you can. My personal goal with this retreat, personally, the goal I set for myself was I want to see every woman who comes to this retreat have a life-changing moment, whether it's on the course, whether it's during coaching, whatever it happens. But that's my personal goal for every woman, coaches included, at this retreat is that they all have a life-changing moment. And if you sign up, and if you show up, I can pretty much guarantee that you absolutely will. So you're on the fence, get off the fence. <laughs> we were here to boost you up over it. You won't be alone. You will not get hurt. It will be a wonderful, amazing experience that um, will help to make you unbreakable. All right. So I've had so much fun. I could sit here and talk with all you guys like all day long. Thank you so much for being here with me today on the Happy Productive Podcast. Any final little thoughts that anybody wants to leave? No, I would say just let everybody know where they can go to sign up. Yes, mm -hmm. you need to go to the landing page for the Unbreakable Retreat. And we should have a short URL, but we're going to put it in the show notes. If you're seeing this posted in the Happy Productive Podcast, go to the show notes and you're going to see the link to the landing page so that you can find out all the information about the Unbreakable Retreat. And um, that's it. Or visit. You can also visit jenniferdoncoaching.com. We'll have information posted there as well as bestplannerever.com. We have information posted there. All right, you guys, that is it. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. I think now you can see why I am so excited. Now you've met all of the coaches who are going to be there at the retreat and why I'm so excited to spend four days with these just amazing, amazing women. So that's it, you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening and get out there and have a happy, productive day. Thank you for joining us on our exploration today. We would love to hear where you are on your journey to becoming unbreakable. So send us an email at team at jenniferdawncoaching.com. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts. We'd be so grateful if you take a moment to leave a review and share these powerful stories with women in your life. Sometimes all it takes is a physical challenge to help us realize what type of power and resilience we hold deep inside and how that strength can help us through just about anything in our life. That's why Jennifer and I decided to hold our first ever Unbreakable Week, happening May 4th through the 9th in Kalispell, Montana. For details, visit the landing page at jenniferdawncoaching.com and we'll put the link, the exact link in the show notes. Now this is a small group with only eight spots remaining, so sign up now. Isn't it time that you put yourself first? Come along with us and invest in this incredible adventure today and surround yourself with like-minded people who are on their own journey in business and in life. Together, we can help one another become unbreakable. Unbreakable.